What's up everyone and welcome to episode 125 of the Justin Insert podcast, a show where we talk to people involved in the world of alternative music and find out what makes them tick. Uh, as always, my name is Tim Burbeck, I'm your host. I uh, hope everyone's had a lovely week since we were last here. Um, a couple of things that I want to just quickly mention before we get into this week's guests. Uh, one bit is a bit of news, kind of. Another bit is just sort of what I've generally been up to. Um so firstly we're looking to kind of launch a new venture for justin insight um in hopefully november if everything pans out i've still got to work out logistics of some of the stuff because i've been super busy and haven't had a chance to but it does require some financial backing if all goes to plan now I'm not saying this show is going to be paid for from now on that is not the case this show will always be free as will the product that comes out in november if it plans to be but looking at potentials for advertising to help sort of uh, the mechanics of it I guess is the best way to to say so if anyone knows anyone that can help in any shape or form um, then please drop us a line Uh, the email address is just underscore and underscore insight at hotmile.co.uk so yeah that's that little bit out of the way um secondly i went and saw limbrist on saturday which was bloody lovely got to see loads of friends who i haven't seen in a long time which was really cool um managed to snag a ticket literally last minute i was looking around um and a friend of mine pointed out that somebody was selling one so managed to go to the matinee show in london and i'm so glad i i did that like limbrist one of those sort of iconic bands uh that have paved the way for other bands in the punk hardcore scene and they're just still the absolute best of what they do and yeah so it was fucking that was fucking rad um oh excuse me right as i mentioned last week uh we're currently running a short series of interviews that took place uh whilst we were at tangent uh this is the second of three of those so got one more left but this week we are joined by uh greg kubecki and john model from carbomb um we talk about how the band sort of come up with their absolutely batshit crazy song structures um what it was like for them sort of coming out in the, the new york scene where it's predominantly kind of hardcore in the time when they were sort of first bat coming out as a band um and how there's kind of a, a more of an appetite for the sound that they're kind of producing nowadays in 2019 there seems to be a lot of bands leaning into what carbon carbon do so yeah um please sit back enjoy the chat that i have with john and greg and i'll see you on the other side I'm sat backstage at Art Tangent with two members of Carbomb. If you'd like to say your names, introduce yourselves, what you do in the band, that would be wonderful. I'm uh, Johnny, I play bass. Greg, I do guitar. Perfect. Um, I'm going to go straight in with it, laser noises. Yeah. How the hell do you come up with those sounds? Uh, and where did it start from? Where did it come from? Uh, I don't know. Like I'm always into experimenting with effects. And uh, the act, the new Axe Effects 3 just has a lot of awesome like dials and shit you can fuck with. So <laughs> yeah. if you like just mess with it enough, it'll start to cry. And then that's where you start playing your notes. And then you get noises out of it. Yeah. That's cool. yeah. Um, well, I'll go back to my normal formatting. So the show, <laughs> I just wanted to start with that. So the show I do is called Just an Insight. Um, I like to take bands back to their kind of origins, but festival season kind of got to condense it a little bit. So we'll go with the history of Carbon, if that's cool. Sure. So how did Carbon 
come to be? How did it start? How did everyone meet? Uh, Elliot and I uh, used to play in a band together, and Greg and Mike used to play in a band together, and then those bands broke up. And then uh, I was looking for something to do, and uh, through a couple of iterations, got Greg on board, got Mike on board, and then brought Elliot in. Yeah, and about kind of, 500 years ago. Yeah. And kind of like the sound voice, obviously, like from the first album to now. Obviously, we've heard a couple of tidbits for the new record, but the sound's kind of been a similar kind of iteration of what it is now, but it's obviously evolved. But was that the idea, like? to have that kind of scatty, mathcore, chaotic sound? Was that always something that you aimed for? Sure, I mean, that's just what we listened to and yeah. grew up on. So there's always that element of, like, not in 4-4. Or yeah, if yeah. it is in 4-4, we try to mask it as much as possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, and, and that's how we feel rhythm. Like, to us, it, it grooves that way. Yeah. Like, 4-4 doesn't groove like how 5-4 grooves. Yeah. So, like, that's just how we, how our ears were tuned yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. It's funny though, like the first record you could hear sort of like uh, more, I think, like the influences of the bands we were listening to at the time. There's always been like a Slayer uh, influence, but first record like Phantomas and uh, that Locust record. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff like sure, that going on sure. where we were just like, holy shit, like yeah, yeah, yeah. some amazing stuff, like we have to rip it. Yeah. yeah. And because we've seen terms of where the bands have started to where we are now, there was a bit of a kind of bridging gap, I guess, where you guys was still around but not so present I guess. Yep. Um so can you talk me through like what was happening during that time? Was there a reason why Well we always we, we don't do this for a living, so we course, all yeah. work, so that's usually what it is. And yeah. plus we we really take our time with material and yeah. stuff like that. So it's we're never really like off at hundred percent. Like I don't think there's ever been a time where like we took a year off or six months off of the band like personally and purposely it was just you know someone had a project they had to work on yeah. or you know we, we were too busy writing or something like yeah. that but and we also too like we don't like to overpost. we like to sort of like <laughs> like yeah. keep our privacy and yeah, just like have have the content ready when it's ready you yeah. Know? yeah yeah that's cool and i just want to kind of talk about because obviously you guys from new york my sort of understanding and relationship with new york is more of the hardcore world sure um obviously sort of hardcore history and everything like that but for you guys where did Carbon fit in the early sort of days like what was it kind of like sort of breaking in sure so uh, me and Mike's other band Neck we play the hardcore scene a lot right. so that's where a lot of I guess Carbon's energy comes from like right. as mathy as things are like it always needs to have that groove to us yeah. and that comes from just you know playing with bands like around the scene back in the day you guys though we were more mathy right. like Elliot and I played in more of like a it was like Mr. Bungle okay. meets Meshuggah, right. meets Primus, yeah, yeah. Zappa. Like uh, Elliot really comes from like a fusion background. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but in the early days, I think we had a hard time finding bands to fit in with. Yeah. We would yeah. play with metal bands. We toured with like, um, like we did a week or so with like High on Fire right. and uh, and Pig Destroyer. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you know bands like that. Like Relapse was trying to like fit us in with somebody, <laughs> yeah, but we, yeah. we definitely had a hard time like finding bands that were like on our. I guess not our level, but like just play the same type of yeah, music yeah, or something yeah. like that. But now it seems like it's pretty ubiquitous. Like it's everywhere. So, yeah. which is really nice. You well, know? That's what I was going to say because I'm kind of skipping forward a little bit. But obviously, nowadays, obviously, Mess came out, but there was kind of here in the UK specifically, there was kind of a want for that need and sound. Hmm. Um, obviously, we had Frontera playing here yesterday. Um, my band is very influenced by you guys. 
uh, influence Seb's early material was very sort of carbon-esque with locust kind of bits influenced into it. So when Meta kind of came out, it was kind of like, oh, carbon's fucking back sort of thing. And like, there was a massive pull for one for it. So hmm. from your perspective, was that kind of the thing? Like when that record came out, like you kind of felt more at home than previous or am sure. I making massive Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It might have been a combination of what you were saying, but for us, like the big like aha moment, I guess with that record was getting other people involved in it. Right. So we uh, produced and you know mixed uh, W Click W and yeah. Centralia. Once we got like a professional mixer, Josh Wilbur and Joe from Gojira helped us like you know steer the ship as far as the production goes. Like that really opened up the doors for like how to create like what, sonically what we could be like yeah. oh, what what what's in our heads? How could it be translated to like people's ears properly? Yeah, and I think that, that doing that in that way really. We saw the response from that. Yeah, we were such a closed door operation before that. We were like, we can do everything ourselves. Like, we were afraid somebody was going to come in and mess with the formula. Yeah, yeah. Uh, No one knows how it sounds like better than we do. Right. (laughs) But it really was the best thing is to to get really skilled people who were excited about working with us. And Uh, now we're more than always more than happy to like bring other people into the the fold and like get the family bigger. You know? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And. And obviously, we've mentioned kind of like that you've been around for a while, but disappeared, kind of come back. But obviously, you mentioned kind of day jobs and things like that. But you guys have been a band for quite a while now. Sure. So, what would you kind of see personally as the the key to that longevity? And maybe (laughs) (laughs) patience, understanding, love, respect. Yeah. Yeah. Those things are very, very important, man. Yeah, joking, having a great sense of humor about things. Um, You know, uh, getting other like another great thing about getting other people in the circle is that it kind of diffuses like the pressure from everybody. Like we spent so much time together. Now it's like when you have other people, people can break off into other things and like come back and like. It, it just makes everybody happier. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's really nice. We really, really believe in the music also. You know, like you said, we work for a living. This isn't our source of uh, livelihood. Yeah. Uh, so that, I think, has driven us probably more than anything. Sure, if we didn't yeah. believe in the music, like, we would have just went our separate ways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think from day one, like, we thought we had something kind of cool going on. Yeah. And saw the potential in it. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned, obviously, during the panel earlier about the, the documentary on mm. you guys. I, I think, again, that kind of brought a lot of eyes to you and maybe kind of a different perspective. So when that was kind of... I don't know. I'll, I'll take this from two different tacks. When that was being made, was it kind of a surreal thing, especially because Mike was kind of the brains behind it, sure. to be doing something about your own band? And then, latterly, like, the reaction, like... Was it strange to see the people actually kind of gave a shit and then kind of delved into you as people? Well, we <laughs> both weren't involved in the process, so that documentary was actually made just by our singer Mike. Right. Yeah. So we were actually recording W Click W, and he was making the documentary. So, so that's what, that's what it I mean. was kind was of it frustrating. Strange, like, it yeah. was. It was because, in my perspective, like I wanted to get the record done, and like I thought that was sort of like a, a side thing that yeah. would take away from the band. But it turned out that bringing other people into like seeing what you know what actually being in a band is all about from our perspective really did open up a whole yeah. new audience for us which is really nice I will say this when he was filming we were like dude put the camera down yeah. we got stuff we gotta <laughs> yeah, do exactly. so we were kind of annoyed at the time but he really uh, he really showed us because he yeah. did a great job with it and the response was like way bigger than we ever thought yeah. anybody would ever give a shit yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's nice to see like the progression from like 
what mistakes we made back then, plus is the stuff we got right and to where we are now, which is yeah. like really cool to see the progress. Because now if we made the movie now, it'd be completely different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And do you think that in some aspects that's kind of, as you said, like when he was filming it, you'd kind of be like, my camera down. Yeah, yeah. But like, or maybe kind of looking back at it retrospectively, that it's maybe brought you closer in some sense? Hmm. Closer to each other? Yeah. No. Oh. So. I think touring just in general <laughs> yeah. has brought us closer to yeah. each other. Yeah, like actually brought us closer yeah. to each other, like physically. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> and in terms of like, obviously you mentioned earlier that kind of song structure, you want to kind of step away from the four four as, as much as possible, kind of that kind of idea, or masking it in some right. Some how do you sort of like come up with I don't know like a carbon idea because as I mentioned like sure. the band I'm in is very influenced by like you guys the Locust early daughters kind of thing awesome. I'm just a vocalist I don't know fuck all about what those guys are doing with the guitar and like some of the noise it's not quite on your level with the lasers but some of the noises they're making I'm like fuck sort of thing cool, so cool. how do those kind of ideas kind of bubble up and essentially then be pieced together to make a song ah so it usually starts with like an incubation process so like I'll write riffs during like the day every day like as I'm working just yeah. to take a break and then you put them like in a folder or on your phone and you don't watch them or listen to them for a couple months right. which is kind of hard but then you go back to them and you have, all of a sudden you have this pool of ideas and they'll kind of hit you in a way because like sometimes the most complicated riff you'll play or right isn't like the best one because it sounds too noodly. Sometimes yeah. it's just like the really like the caveman-y like breakdown thing is the like the, the meat, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, from there, like you, you, so you have like a like a good either seed or a riff and then from there you just keep experimenting like yeah. throwing it over different divisions, trying different keys, different tempos, different effects, uh, different arrangements, like as much different things to, like as possible to throw into that idea yeah. to kind of get like I guess like a menu of it and then from there you can kind of go oh well this will be nice to start with this and then double time it here turn to this key there blah yeah. blah blah yeah. so in terms of kind of you may not be able to, to speak of this but kind of like the lyrics and sort of vocal sort of side of things like again kind of like from my perspective when I sort of watch my band sort of piece and bits together I wait until they've got a fully formed song and then I'm like right where can I randomly shout over right, right. So is it that kind of process with you guys or is it more of a collaborative thing? Yeah, it's sort of the same. I mean, we really tried this time to like do the vocals and the music together, but it didn't work out yeah, that way. Yeah. So it kind of turned out the way you did. But at the same time, some of the song structure did change based on what Mike came up with. So right, like, because okay. once you hear something with vocals, you're like, well, that riff doesn't need to be there. It can shorten a little bit, and like, just to make the song flow. Because once once the lyrics and the, the vocals are on it, you really get a sense of how a song flows. And yeah, then from yeah. there, you should be able to, like, trim it so it's not too noodly yeah, and yeah, too yeah. boring. You know. Yeah. Mike has a good sense also, I think, because it's like, the music's complex. Yeah. It's simplistically complex. I'll say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but he always finds a way to kind of not just mimic what we're doing and sing something kind of interesting. Yeah. So it's it really is its own flavor on top of everything. Yeah. yeah. And in terms of kind of where we are now, so new records sort of coming out, is it later this year? Yeah, September yeah. 27th. Yeah. So, but obviously recently you just did the, the run with Animals as Leaders sort of thing. You were over here, was it last year or the year before? I can't remember. 17, yeah, year yeah. before. Yeah. Um, and as I kind of said, there's kind of maybe that sort of taste and want for the sort of style that you guys play a bit more. So, 
I don't want to say are you finding it easier now, but is there kind of maybe more opportunities for Carbon nowadays? It does seem that way. I mean, uh, we've been so fortunate with bands like Animals and Gojira and Dillinger, Meshuggah, yeah. yeah, to like just take a shining to us yeah. and bringing us out with them and exposing us to like amazing crowds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I mean, I feel like that's our resume is getting like more and more stacked with festivals and you know opening slots. So I do think there's more opportunity now. Yeah, yeah for sure. Plus, I think uh, just the advent of social media and like Spotify and streaming, yeah, it makes yeah. it people really listen to what they want to listen to now. Yeah. And like, though, like you know, I wouldn't say that like you know, gentle like technical metal is like the biggest genre, but it's definitely solidified it's, more oh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. the community is getting bigger. So, seeing that sort of grow and us like stepping into that's been really nice. Yeah. And I've got to mention because they're, they're friends of mine, the connection with Holy Raw. Of course. How, did, how did that kind of come about? Uh, it actually happened to download. So oh, yeah, yeah. So I saw Justine. I'm a big fan of Employed to Serve. Just said, hey. She talked about her label and was like, yeah, we're looking for a distro. And then Johnny took yeah. it from there, man. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. We're more than happy to oblige, and uh, so far so good. Yeah. 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 We wanted to do it because of you know the cost to ship things. Yeah. To yeah. The UK. It's just for our fans were paying way too much, yeah. so it wasn't fair to them. Yeah. And it was an area of contention for us. Yeah. Like we really felt badly, you know. Ten dollars for a CD, totally reasonable. Yeah, Fourteen dollars to ship it yeah, over, yeah, yeah, yeah. not so reasonable. That's a pain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So as much as we like to keep full control of that type of stuff, we're actually kind of relieved to find a yeah. partner that can help us out. Yeah. With that. And I kind of made light of the. All for the, the fans, man. There you go. Yeah. I made light of the the laser noises at the beginning, but obviously the new record, like that first song, was just literally just. Mm. There was so much going on. It took me a while for my mind to comprehend, kind of thing. <laughs> but in terms of the kind of the new record, is that kind of what? Obviously, Matt said that he's got it in his, his back pocket right. at the moment, so I'm going to be chasing him up for that. <laughs> but, but in terms of kind of the whole thing, like, is it kind of? Can we expect more of that? Is it more crazier? Where are we going? It's actually, there's a lot less of that. So, okay. which is weird. So there, there are some heavier tunes on it, but like the first half of it's actually a little more like like Scattered Sprites, where it's a little right. more like song-orientated and stuff like that. It's like a little different for us, but I don't know, we were really happy with the way Gratitude came out yeah. on Meta, and we wanted to like really expand on that and right. see what we can do. So there's a little more experimentation, like sort of like these like big giant chords and like more open arrangements where Mike can do more stuff, a little yeah. atmosphere, yeah. stuff like that. And, but you know, obviously there's still like crazy yeah. modulators. It's all in there, yeah. so, yeah. Perfect. Um, how I like to end things is to ask my guests what their um, favorite song is, but with a bit of a twist. So, what is your favorite car bomb song that you like to play live, and why? Nah, it's you. Me? <laughs> I need a second, I gotta think. Oh, God. Uh, fuck. <laughs> this is why I leave at the end, because it's the stinger. Yeah, 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 it is. I'm trying to think what song I love to play. Shit, I don't know, man. <laughs> Probably secrets within. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I think the reason. It's really, it's kind of easy to play. Like, yeah, it's yeah. not a lot of left hand stuff going on. The way that it feels, like, it's the one. It's like the most breakdowny song, yeah. like especially in the middle part. We get to like always get to dick around with the solo and try something different. Yeah, yeah. So that's always fun. The crowd definitely reacts. And the well crowd to reacts yeah. well to it. Yeah, yeah. 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 poison. I love playing it, but yeah. we can't play it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and for yourself? Yeah, I mean, that's a good one. I, you know. Uh, Dissect Yourself is becoming kind of fun to play. Yeah. Yeah. Now that we did it for, you know, a month yeah, or so. Yeah, we can actually, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Play, play it in autopilot. Yeah. 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 Perfect. Brilliant, guys. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you.
so there we have it folks a massive thank you again to john and greg for having a little chat with me at etg uh as mentioned during the conversation uh, the band's latest record uh, dissect yourself uh is coming out later this month uh via holy raw records over here in the uk so make sure you go check that out once it's out um, but if you want to keep up to date with everything that the band's doing, you can do so on all the various social media platforms as normal. And as usual, they will be linked in the description of this episode. Um, as mentioned at the top of the show, we've got one more ATG interview left to go. And then we're kind of back to regular scheduled programming for this podcast. Um, and we've got some killer guests lined up. So really excited to be sharing those with you in the coming weeks and months so yeah thank you as always for for supporting the show um and thank you for stopping by this week and i'll see you soon